Uh, one look at a lady today by the name of Mary who's greatly troubled. But before we get to Mary, I've got to go to back to last week. Yes, Brother Drew already preached last week, and that was a wonderful thing he did to fill in so quickly for me like that. But I needed to preach this message last week to lead into where we're going today. So what I've got to do is back up and preach last week's message first, and then this week's message after that. <laughs> so just hold on. We'll just do the brief with the first one. But it's about a young man who went to his father one day and said, Daddy, I want my inheritance. As Daddy could have said, Son, that's a little bit rude. Daddy's still alive, you know, and usually you don't get any inheritance until Daddy dies. But he didn't say that. He said, I want my inheritance. Daddy said, okay, here you go. He said, no, could be rude about this too, but, you know, you're the younger brother, and younger brothers only get a small portion compared to the older brother. But nevertheless, you want your inheritance, I'll give it to you. So he took his inheritance. A little while later, he spent it, or took all his cash and went to another country, left the country, left his daddy's home, went to another country, spent everything he got, spent his entire inheritance, as the Bible says, on wild living. Just spent it like he wanted to. I mean, he got a great inheritance and all came to him. Who knows how much it was, but he spent it all. He wasted it all because it's what he wanted to do. This is my money. I want it now. I want to spend it now to look out like I want to spend it. Didn't ask God. Didn't consider what God's will was, what God's ways was. He said, here's what I want. Here's what I deserve. Here's why I want to spend it. Here's my thoughts, my feelings about it, and this is what I'm going to do. And so he did it. Well, one day he ran out of money. Didn't have any left. And being in a foreign country, didn't have any skills, didn't know what to do, didn't have any friends left, because all the money's gone, all the wild living's gone, because no friends, no money. And so the only thing he needed to do was hire himself out to tend to the pigs of this man that owned pigs. Now, for a Jewish person, pigs were just off limits. They didn't uh, raise pigs, they didn't eat pigs, they didn't eat ham, sausage, bacon, none of that. Pigs were off limits. But here's this man now feeding pigs. And he's so down, he's so out, and he's thinking, what am I going to do now? You know, here I am feeding pigs. I've got no friends. I've got no money. What am I going to do? Well, one day, the Bible says he came to his senses. He came to his senses. He realized what he had done. He realized the wrong direction he'd taken. He realized the errors of his ways, if you want to call it that. And he came to his senses and said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. How did he get there? Making wrong choices. See, we can make decisions two different ways. We can make decisions based on our thoughts, our feelings, our desires, and our beliefs. Well, Daddy, I just think it's time to get my inheritance. Daddy, I've been thinking about this, and here's how I feel about my inheritance. It's time for me to get it. Daddy's my desire. I want my inheritance. And I believe I'm old enough to get it. And so all of these things we can make decisions on, say, here's what I think, what I feel, what I desire, what I believe, and we make wrong decisions. Or we can look at God's ways, say, God, what do you think about this? God, what are your ways concerning this? God, what is your will? What does your word say? And so we can make decisions in one of two ways like that. And do you ever find yourself in this dilemma right here? Finding, well, here's what I think, feel, desire, and believe. Here's my decision or making it based on what God's thoughts are, God's ways, God's will, and God's word. Do you find yourself ever in that? Let me try this, let me try that. Let me try to get in the middle, do both. It's either one or the other, isn't it? It's either God's ways or our ways. And we always know how to do it because we know that the Bible tells us what we can do. Preaching and teaching of His word tells us what to do. 
prayer and the Holy Spirit, circumstances, events, you put all that together, you got God's will. You got God's ways. God's revealing Himself to us in these ways, these four ways. But you know what God will do? He'll let us do just like that young man did. God will allow us to make wrong choices that take us in the wrong paths, end in a wrong way so that we'll come to our senses and repent of our sins. It's what happened to this young man. He never asked God what he ought to do, never consulted his word, never consulted his ways or his will through prayer or anything. He just said, here's what I want to do. And he took off out there and did it. And do you know God let him do it? God let him go and do that. Do you know he'll do us the same way? Or he has me anyway. Maybe he hasn't let you do that, but he's let me. There's been times in my life I said, here's what I'm going to do. This is my decision, my choice, my desire. Here's what I think, what I feel, what I believe, and I'm going to go do it. And you know, God didn't grab me by my collar back here and throw me to the ground and said, no, you're not either. He didn't do that. He said, you really want to go and do this? Okay, go and do it. And what happens is that we have to get out there on, our, on the end of ourself, come to his senses as this young man did, and say, Lord... <laughs> I've gone the wrong way, haven't I? I've made some bad choices, haven't I, Lord? I made some poor decisions, didn't I, God? Because I thought, here's what I want to do. It's my feelings. My, it's my life. I can do what I want to do. And if I want to go this way, I'm going to go this way. And it's okay, go ahead. But he's waiting for us to come to the end of ourselves, come to our senses, repent of our sins, and turn around. That's what he did with this young man. This young man did the same thing. He said, I'll set out and go back to my father. And I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. He's come to the end of himself, come to the senses, you see. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. See, God doesn't ever point a finger at us and say, I told you so. I told you if you get out there and go that wrong way, it's going to be bad. It's always going to end wrong. When we make our own choices, our own decisions, not based on what God wants, what God says, it's always going to end wrong. I don't know if you've ever seen that happen or not, but I have. And so when we come to our senses and we turn around and go back to the Father, do you know the Father never points a finger at us? I told you so. You just wouldn't listen to me, would you? You had to do it your way. You just had to go and try it. You just had to figure this thing out all by yourself. You had to fall flat on your face and learn... I told you, God doesn't say that. Look what He does. He's filled with compassion. Because see, God's always got His arms open. He's always waiting for us to come to the end of ourselves. He's always waiting for us to come to our senses and say, Lord, why did I do that? Why did I go the wrong way? Why did I make my choice with my figuring out in my head what to do and didn't ask you, didn't consult you, didn't consider your ways, your will, your word, nothing? I just went out and did it. Now I'm sorry. Now I'm coming home, Lord. Will you have me? He's always got his arms open for us, you see. He's always got compassion on his heart and love on his heart, forgiveness on his heart for us. Because he said he ran to his son. He ran to his son. Here's his son coming, but he ran to him, and he threw his arms around him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against you and against heaven, and and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Lord, Father, I've done wrong. I've done bad. <laughs> I made some wrong choices here. What are we going to do now? Uh, but the father said to the servants, Quick, bring the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for the son of mine is dead and is alive again. 
It's lost and it's found, so they begin to celebrate. That's what God does with us. When we finally come to our senses, we finally get to the end of ourselves, say, Lord, I got out here. I made some wrong choices. I made some bad decisions. I shouldn't have done it. You should have. You told me. <laughs> but I wouldn't listen to you, God. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And now I'm coming home. And he begins to celebrate. God celebrates when we repent and come home to him and say, Lord, thank you for forgiving me. Well, meanwhile, while the celebration's going, meanwhile, the older son is in the field. Older boy hadn't been anywhere. Older son didn't ask for inheritance, didn't ask for anything. He stayed at home this whole time as the younger brother's been out there in the world. So when he came to their house, he heard the music and he danced. And so he called one of the servants to ask him, what's going on? You know, older son's out in the field doing his work, comes home, finds celebration going, what's happening here? And they said to him, your brother's come home. Your father's killed a fatted calf because he's back safe and sound. It's a great day. Your little brother's back home. Your little brother came to the end of himself, came to the senses, and he repented of his sins, came home. Father had compassion. We're having a big celebration because he's back home. He wants to do what's right. He wants to do what God wants him to do. And all the brother became angry and refused to go in. Seriously? Your little brother's come home. Sure, he's wasted all his money. Yeah, he, he found out that wasn't what he's supposed to have been doing. Yes, he made some mistakes. He made some wrong choices, made some bad decisions. But he's repented. It came to the end of himself. Now he's come home. The only thing we can do is celebrate. And say, Lord, thank you for bringing him back. But the older brother said, no, not me. <laughs> I'm angry about it. You know why I'm angry about it? Because he was rude to daddy. He asked for his inheritance. He wanted what was his right now, and daddy gave it to him. He was mad about it, see? He's bitter over it. So his father went out and pleaded with him. Daddy found out he's angry, he's better, he's upset, so daddy comes out to see about him. But he answered his father, look, daddy, all these years I've been slaving for you. Never disobeyed your orders. And you never even gave me a young goat to celebrate my friends. Daddy, I've been right here with you this whole time. When's the last time you killed a fatty calf for me? When's the last time you put rings on my fingers and sandals on my feet? When's the last time I had a celebration for me? So somebody else is making decisions based on emotions too, aren't they? Younger brother just like older brother. See, older brother said, this isn't fair. It's not right. I've been right here doing everything I'm supposed to do every single day of my life. And now look, here's a little brother, a little brat comes home. And what are we doing? <laughs> Having a big party. I've been here the whole time, Daddy. What's the deal? See how we get our emotions and feelings hurt sometimes? He hadn't done anything wrong. He didn't go out there and spend, do wild living like the younger brother did. Right there doing what he's supposed to do every single day, but he's still not right with God either, is he? He's still letting emotions and feelings dictate what he decides, making decisions about anger and being bitter toward his younger brother because what's going on in his mind, his feelings. See how feelings and emotions just mislead us, misguide us. But when the son of yours has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fatty calf for him. I don't get it, Daddy. Your brother's been bad. <laughs> and we're going to do this for him? My son, the father said, you're always with me and everything is always yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because the brother of yours is dead and alive. He's lost and he's found. So you see, son... You're doing just like he did. 
You're making decisions based on what I think, what I feel, what I want, what I desire, what I, what I want to do. And now you're angry about it. Now you're upset about it. You need to be glad just like He is and like I am. See how that works in our life? God wants us to have a joy in our hearts. Not from what's going on around us, but by what's going on around, in, inside of us. The only way we can have joy in our heart all the time through flu, <laughs> sickness, bed, hospital, medicine, that sometimes I think makes you worse than the flu itself, <laughs> is to have joy. And that only comes from God living in us. That only comes from the Holy Spirit filling us up. It only comes from being right in our relationship with God, which this young man didn't. He wasn't. Wasn't right with God. His younger brother was now, but he wasn't. So you see, we can do one or two things. We can allow our thoughts, feelings, desires, and beliefs control our decisions, or we can bring them under the control of the Holy Spirit and allow Him to control our decisions. Which are we doing today? You and I gathered here today. Which way are we going with this? Are we allowing our feelings, desires, and beliefs to control our decisions? If we are, if that's the way we operate and live day by day, we can count on them it ending wrong. We're always going to make the wrong choice, go the wrong direction, do the wrong things, and it's not going to end good. And then that's when the repentance has to come and the turning to God has to come and the going back to the Father has to come, making things right with Him so that the joy of our salvation can be restored. Or we can simply say, Lord, i got feelings and emotions. I want to bring them under the control of the Holy Spirit so that I always make the right decisions just like a young lady did today. And the sixth month, the sixth month of this lady named Mary, her cousin is already pregnant and six months in her pregnancy. So in the sixth, months, sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth, to town of Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. You've heard this Mary before probably. You probably have recognized this lady named Mary before, but let's take a look at her. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Well, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered, What kind of greeting is this? Here she is, a 13-year-old girl who has now been pledged, betrothed, or in our case sometimes we use the word engagement, to a young man by the name of Joseph, and she's just going through her day, and all of a sudden an angel appears to her and says, Greetings, you're highly favored. The Lord's with you. And so she's greatly troubled over this because she's thinking, What are you doing talking to me? I'm just a 13-year-old girl fixing to get married, and you know, why are you coming to me and talking to me? Who am I that I'm so special that you would come and greet me and I'm highly favored and the Lord's with me? And then the angel goes on to tell her, he says, Mary, let me tell you something. You can be with child. And you're going to give birth to a son. You're going to give him the name Jesus. He'll be great. He'll be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give him, the son of yours, Jesus, the throne of his father David. And he'll reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary said, wait, time out, Gabriel. <laughs> How can this be? I'm a virgin. See, Angel, you see, there's a problem with all this. 
I'm engaged, I'm pledged, I'm betrothed to Joseph. And I'm only 13 years old. And you see, my daddy and Joseph's daddy got together one day, and they signed up all the paperwork, and they signed it, and he signed it, and Joseph signed it, and I signed it. And legally, by the law, we got married that day. But here's the deal, angel. I still live at home with mom and dad. And Joseph still lives at home with his mom and dad. Legally, we're married, but see, we haven't come together as husband and wife yet because that date hasn't come. We're still within that betrothed period. We're still within that pledge period. We're still within that engagement period from the time it was legally signed and documented until the actual wedding ceremony. We're still in that time period, angel. And so this is confusing because I can't get pregnant. I'm not married yet. I'm not with my husband yet. And so here's the real problem. If you say I'm going to have this child, and you already got a name picked up for him, I don't even get to pick his name. You know what's going to happen? If I go to Joseph and tell him I'm pregnant, you know what Joseph's going to say? He's going to accuse me of adultery because he's going to know he's not the father of this baby. And he's going to file for divorce because he's going to assume his betrothed, his pledged, his engaged wife-to-be has committed adultery, and he doesn't want any part of me. And he's going to divorce me. And there I'm going to be a young teenage girl, pregnant, and no husband. Do you know how my mom and dad are going to feel about this? Do you know how my friends at school are going to feel about this? Do you know what they're going to say as I walk down the street? A few months from now, you know how they're going to treat me? I'm going to be an outcast, a nobody. I'll have no family. I'll have no friends. And I sure won't have Joseph as a husband. That's why she was so troubled. That's why she had this dilemma going on. So she could have thought all of that and thought all of that through and reached a decision based on her feelings and her emotions, and her desires, and her beliefs, and said, I don't want any part of this. I choose Joseph as my husband. And in order for me to get married with him and have a family with him, I need to bypass this situation I'm at right now, Mr. Angel. And in order for my mom and dad to continue on with me living at home with them and, and proceeding on with this betrothed time and this pledge time, I'll just... Kind of pass on this right now, Mr. Angel. And in order for me to keep friends at school and friends around the neighborhood, and in order for me not to be an outcast and be laughed at and looked at and shunned and put down, I'm going to pass on this, Mr. Angel. See, she could have reasoned all that out in her mind, come up with her own decision based on what she thought, what she wanted, what she believed, and just said, I pass on that whole decision here. Or she could have taken all her feelings, all her emotions, brought them under the control of the Holy Spirit, and moved forward with this. Because the angel answered her, wait, hold on, Mary, just think about this. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. The power of Most High is going to overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. This isn't just any normal pregnancy you're going to go through here, Mary. This has something to do with God, you see. And he said, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. She's said to be barren. 
But now she's in her six-month pregnancy. Went through all of her early days without having a baby. Now she's pregnant herself. This relative of yours, she's already pregnant. Because see Mary, verse 37 says, nothing is impossible with God. It's hard to understand, isn't it? Because we think, well, I don't know, God. (laughs) I've had the flu for over a week now. I'm feeling better, but I don't think I'll ever feel the same. (laughs) I don't think my, my voice will ever be right again. You say your voice never was right to start with, I don't think. So. <laughs> That's true, I know. <clears throat> we look at life and we look at situations and we look at trials and tribulations go through and say, that one can't be fixed. That one can't be worked out. That one can't, no. It'll never happen, God. I'm just telling you, you may say it could and would and might, you know, according to your word, but I just don't see it happening. And yet Gabriel told her, as he tells us, nothing's impossible with God. It is possible. But you know, like in a relationship sometimes? You ever been in a relationship that's been, I don't know, broken? You know, just kind of pulled apart a little bit? Oh, I don't know, husband, wives, boyfriend, girlfriend, mother, daughter, father, son, brother, sister, whoever you want to name, you know, friends, whatever you want to call it. Any relationship. Haven't you ever had a relationship that just kind of gets, you know, a little bit pulled, and there's just something going on there that's just not right, and so you sometimes you begin to think, this isn't ever going to work out. I just don't think it'll ever work out because you know what they already did? They already unfriended me on Facebook. And once somebody unfriends you on Facebook, it'll never work out. You know, I mean, the relationship's over. It's ended. It's done. And yet God comes along and says, wait a minute, hold on. Unfriended on Facebook's not the end of it either. Nothing's impossible with me, he says. So sometimes we make sure that we have to understand that in a relationship it's triangle because both people have to be going toward God. If both people are going toward God, it can work. If one's going away from God and one's going toward God, it won't. If both people say, I've got my sight set on God, it can work. Because nothing is possible with God. God can take all that stuff in the middle of that triangle and work it all out. But both people have to be honoring God, going toward God, and doing it His way, not our way. That's what He's telling her. He said, here's, what's going to, here's what's going to happen, Mary. Nothing's impossible with God, but what do you want, Mary? Do you want to do it your way? Are you so upset and distraught that I'll lose Joseph, my parents, my friends, I'll be an outcast, I'll be shunned, I'll be laughed at because I'm a teenage daughter, a teenage girl without any family and I'm pregnant. Or do you want to bring it all under me and say, yes, Lord, I want to do it your way. I want my feelings, my emotions, my thoughts and my beliefs to come under the power of the Holy Spirit and do it your way. Not my way. And so finally she said, without any disagreement, I'm the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you've said. And the angel left her. What a way to make a decision. There she was confronted with the most dramatic and traumatic event that she would ever face. She's got a decision to make.
I'm going to let my feelings and emotions, my thoughts about my husband to be. I mean, they're already working on the house. You know, he's building it, she's decorating it. They're already working on their future, saving their money, getting ready. She's at home with her parents, and you know, sewing and getting things ready for the house, and he's with his parents and building and working, seeing save money to build themselves a house. And is she thinking about all that? Or is she simply, simply thinking about, here's what God wants. I know what I want. I want Joseph and children someday and mom and dad to be proud, his mom and dad, you know, all this, and friends and have a great time. And but Lord, I know what you want too. And she came to the conclusion, God, I want what you want. I'm your servant. So if this is what you want for my life, God, let's go. If this is what you're saying is my life is going to be, have this child named Jesus, this Holy One of God, may it be as you have said. And the angel left her. See, we have that same conclusion to come to too, don't we? Because what we can do is look in God's Word and God saying to us through His spoken Word, here's some things I want you to do. Here's how I want you to live. Here's how I want you to act. Here's what I want you to decide. Here's your choice, your decision. Here's, here's what I've got laid out for you. And we can say, Lord, that's all good stuff, but right now, the way my life is, the way my life's going, that's not what I want. I've got some things I'm trying to do. I've got some places I'm trying to go. I've got some things I want to be. You know, I've just got things that I'm figuring out, working out, and I've got a, I'm, good, I'm a good mind. I've got a sharp mind. I can figure things out. I can work things out. You know, I, I know how to make good decisions. And yet as we're doing that, we're walking away. And we're leaving God there and we're walking away. And we come by, we wind up being like that younger brother. And we wind up being like that older brother too. Because it always ends wrong. We make our decisions our way in our time. But Mary said, no, not me. I'm the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. And so for us today, which do we want? We want our way or God's way? Our will or His will? What we desire or what He desires? Which way are we going to go today?